Well, hello, Joe. Hello, good evening, my love. Hi, my name is Aislinn, and of course with me at the dinner table is... You've already introduced me? That's true. That happened. <laughs> Here we go. This is the week that Texas gets to start opening back up again. That's you, right. How do you feel we're, about we're, that? we're recording on May 1st when, I guess, Texas what? Restaurants, movie theaters. Phase one of the reopening. Could open, but only to 25% capacity. So mm -hmm. I've got restaurant tour friends that are open tonight. Yeah. And, and, and they've made big displays of social distancing. And you, you follow. How do I feel about it? I don't think that a restaurant or a movie theater can be profitable at 25% opening. I think that's their decision to make. No doubt. No doubt. But I mean... And I think that people can make a decision of whether they want to go out or not. Certainly they can. I, like I asked you in the backyard tonight, what are we doing? Are we are we staying at home still? Are we gonna are we gonna continue staying at home? I'm really comfortable at home. <laughs> I, I don't want to go out. I said, are we going? The mall's open today. Oh we, my god! Are we going to the mall? No. Are we gonna go See, eat at restaurants? At some point, yeah. But now? Not yet. No, I'm gonna watch and sit, see what happens for the next 14 days. Right. That's I, my plan. I would like to go to the beach and be like away from other people. That's easy to do where we live. Yeah. I am so glad that we agree on this. Now, today is May 1st. Uh-huh. You said you were going to get your hair cut on May 1st. You had like a haircut appointment. Oh, I didn't get my hair cut. What happened? <laughs> For some reason, hair salons were not included in the first phase of reopening in Texas. Yeah, you and I disagree on this one. Yeah, I think that hairstylists, barbers... I think if I was a are... hairstylist, I'd want to wait these first 14 days and see if there's a huge spike. Coming into my shop, I do not know what you've been up to. I do not know what you, how, you, well, what, how you've handled this. I don't know how often you're going to H-E-B and licking up, the floor. But that's up to the owner. That's up to the stylist to make that decision how they're going to handle well, that. Well, I just told you how I would have made it. I would say I'll open up on the 15th if there's not a crazy spike. Well, I'm just telling you that my hairstylist had an appointment for me on May 1st. So she had been given an expectation at some point that May 1st is when they were going to be allowed to be reopening. And they're not getting to reopen until May 22nd at this point. Well, maybe that's and just a good interpretation of scientific data by the state. I just don't think they have as good a lobbyists. I don't think that there's good scientific data in the state. Exactly. Like, come on. I'm and not, you got to laugh to keep from crying, they're man. They're very hygienic. They are. Of course. Especially the ones in my bubble. Yeah. We made this joke last week. Mm. Mm. We disagree on this one. Okay. So for two weeks, we have been talking about giving away this Dagon produce basket, this farm to table doorstep delivery we, basket of food. We use it in our home. Mm-hmm. Folks could send us a photo of food that they've been making in quarantine while they've been staying at home, and we chose randomly from those. And we actually have the winner, and it is Ashley Fowler-Cox. She says, this was a dinner I made using all the leftover random vegetables in the refrigerator, and it's a beautiful picture. Ah, oh, the randos. You do that. We were looking through the pictures right before we started recording, <laughs> and you said, that looks good <laughs> to a couple of them. So yeah. that was a fun thing to do. We'll do that again. That was fun. Well, and how will you work this out for Ashley? You'll uh, oh, send well, her we'll a message or something? Okay, Congratulations, perfect. Ashley. Good job. Based on a comment that you made last week, got a lot of attention, and that can only mean that it's time for... Unanswered questions. That bechamel sauce, many men across the country have texted me, <laughs> emailed us, and asked, what the hell did you do? 
That's not true. <laughs> it was good, though. Like, it was really interesting. To watch me make that? Yeah, to make a good sauce, to see it happen. What is a bechamel sauce? Okay, I'm, this is going to be so quick, but I've got such an interesting idea, and I want to know if I have your... Attention? Can I get your attention, please? I'm going to get your attention with this idea. Okay. You and I were sitting at some kind of cooking demonstration where the chef that was giving the cooking demonstration said, there are five mother sauces of all sauces. Think of a sauce that can be made. It comes from one of five families, mm -hmm. like the taxonomy of animals, feline, mm. but it could be a leopard or it could be a tiger. You follow me? Yes, yes, yes. Five mother sauces. Gotcha. Uh -huh. And so in the Venn diagram of, of folks that listen to this podcast that emulate you and I, it's... Oh, no one emulates you and I. A gardener <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a amateur chef and then a bunch of other things and where they overlap would be like the amateur chef out there, amateur chef that has never heard this concept, five mother sauces. But through classic cuisine, which mostly came out of France, uh -huh. schools of thought emerged, five mother sauces. And yeah, the bechamel is one of them, but... Tell me what the bechamel sauce is the main base of. All of the five sauces are a liquid and an emulsifier or a thickening agent. Okay. You think of it that way. Yep. So the bechamel sauce is milk uh -huh. and butter. Uh -huh. The thickening agent is flour. Okay. Or arrowroot. Okay. Or a flour substitute. A flour. Okay. Right. And that's it. It's the base of the most common sauces in America, uh -huh. a cream cheese sauce, because it, uh -huh, it's white, uh -huh, it's flour, uh -huh. butter, and milk. So any kind of homemade queso, uh -huh. which that's all we make, right? starting at the last time, remember, that I said no more Velveeta? <laughs> yeah. Uh, cheddar cheese sauce, a mustard sauce, any kind of cheese-based sauce. Macaroni and cheese. Without a doubt. That's the mm. cheese sauce for our macaroni and cheese. And then, of course, if the unanswered question mm -hmm. came from the um, King Ranch casserole, which is the where the bechamel, bechamel is sauce. Made. Now, listen to this. There are four more mother sauces. Uh huh. We should talk about each one over the, the course of the next four weeks. <laughs> I love it. Let's do it. I intend we're on making a dish the... with all of the rest of the five. I love it. And we're going to bring it to the podcast. I love it. You love this idea? I think it's great. We're about to study the sauces. We're going to educate one another through this whole thing. Yeah, it's dinner table talks where you um, get a tiny bit of fact with a whole lot of... Fiction? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> what were you going to say? I don't know. I was going to say something much more philosophical, but... <laughs> Speaking of philosophical, mm -hmm. when was the last time... You made me Moroccan chicken. I've never made you Moroccan chicken. Oh my God, it was so good. So the first night you didn't exactly know what you were making. And this was one of those things. It's tomato season around our house. Yeah, it was vegetable lead. We got to eat tomatoes right now. Mm -hmm. So we're eating tomato this way and that way and this way. And, and I burnt us out already on spaghetti sauces. I mean, let's, let's do something we've never done before. You had said you had a chicken to cook. Tomato-based chicken. I suggested the Moroccan chicken. Yeah, now what makes it Moroccan? I'm so glad you asked that. Because so glad? Let me tell you why. How yeah. glad? Because the leftovers are better than the original, which means that this no, is that's... going into our rotation. It's a rotation. I need a stinger for this. It was It's a rotation fantastic. entry. No, it was fantastic. And I will post it on all of our social media. The Moroccan chicken stew. Do you crave it? <laughs> I crave We've it. We've eaten well since then. So I haven't craved much of anything. We're living 
food. Think positive. about think about the when you crave foods. Think about that. That's that is the level of entry point the Moroccan chicken gets to go into. I'm going to answer your question. These are the spices that go into the profile that make it Moroccan. Okay, but the kids make let's either put a pin in it or something. But the kids said the chicken was bland. Do you remember that? Well, I the always tweak night? my recipes. Yeah. That's how I do. And I then get it a recipe. In, I start, and then you served it again. Mm-hmm. And you served it on top so I'm going of back to the, I'm, I'm going back to this notion really, but yeah. from a, an episode or two ago. That my recipes and the organization of them, I need help. I need a listener to tell me how they organize the recipes so that when they go, let's do Moroccan chicken or let's do tomatoes and chicken. Oh, yeah, the Moroccan chicken. That is a skill that exists in 2020 with an app or a fling or a flu-flaw. And I need to know <laughs> how y'all do it. Help me. Paprika, turmeric, coriander, fennel seeds, cumin. Did you have fennel seeds to put in it? No. Um, Imagine what it would have been with fennel seeds. I don't go to the store. I'm not going to go to the store. Leave that out, okay? Maybe. I'm not going to go to the store for one thing. Ginger... You're going to have to stock our spice cabinet a little deeper now that we're dealing with the corona, man. We're preppers. Get our spices up to get them up here. Can I tell you something? What? I have an unwritten mental rule that when I go to the grocery store, mm-hmm. I buy a spice. <laughs> well, fennel. <laughs> fennel seeds. Next up, darling. <laughs> Just don't make me go to the store. <laughs> I, that chicken, what I did with it, and what made this so good, I think, because I don't do this often, is I half made it in the instant pot uh-huh and then the rest of the stew time uh-huh. i butchered it uh-huh. meaning i separated it into the typical serving pieces and uh-huh. i stuck it in that stew and it was just it, the bo- there were bones in there i there was the first time i think uh-huh. i've ever said there That's are good, bones good, good. in the stew yeah but uh, meat falls off in your uh-huh. serving dish uh-huh. it was so you just need to triple the seasoning. That's going to become a motto in this show <laughs> and in our home. More garlic. Uh, more all of it. All Make sure you it. raise your fist up in the air. I as typically you're doing do. It. More garlic. That's the symbol on our <laughs> family flag. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Listen, it feels so good to laugh after this last week. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Here we are. We made it to Friday. We're doing our podcast finally. We're laughing. We're having a beer and wine. And we're ultimately reminiscing about the week because it's been a hard week. And we've been alluding to the idea that there's been some pretty serious stuff going on in our lives and in your life. Yeah. This thing I've been alluding to is my father's failing health. And six days ago, my father passed. Yeah. Yeah. Folks don't know, my dad, I worked, I worked with my parents. And so I was around my dad every workday for 17 years. Yeah. And I'm adopted. And my mom is still here. So that's a whole interesting shift in dynamic of relationships. So, I mean. You're also an only child, which means it's just, it's really just you. Two years solid, maybe more of like a health decline that began when he broke his hip. You know, that whole older guy. Yeah, two and a half years ago. There's no real relief from his issue, which is basically a many decades of mismanaged type 2 diabetes. Yeah. But it was a very painful thing to watch for a very long period of time. So there's a lot that I'm processing. Mm-hmm. We, we're very honest about how we 
live and how much how food is important in our lives. And I got so much of that, not only from my, my dad, but my mom and my dad, who clearly at the beginning of their relationship said that introducing our children, or in this case, only child to travel is an important thing to us because I had that all of the time. Mm-hmm. The moment my parents could afford travel, yeah, we traveled. Very cool. Very fortunate. It's important. Oh, God, yeah. Seeing things that are different than what you know. Mm-hmm. So my dad got this wild hair that we were all going to learn how to scuba dive. And I learned how to scuba dive. I got certified, the whole thing. Uh-huh. Got all the equipment, all of it. Wow, that's very, very <laughs> it was, cool. It was badass. Yeah. <laughs> my mom, my mom is a germ freak. This corona thing has been horrible for her. And and not to mention losing your husband. I mean, all of it. It's been, it's been a, it's been a lot. <laughs> So the scuba company that we did here in town uh, had a charter trip to Cozumel. You went to Cozumel? Me and my dad to go scuba diving like 24 hours a day for three days. And not 24 hours a day because of pressure and all that. But I'm just saying, we're here to scuba dive. Yeah. Come if you're coming, mom. And her thing, which is none of that, would be complaining. But, but, <laughs> but besides that would be you know reading a book or on the beach and all that beautiful stuff. The germ freak and my mom would come out when all of the men and women that were scuba diving, mm-hmm. who have an adventurous spirit to begin with, because that's what scuba diving has to be. Uh-huh. We when we go out to a restaurant and they family style food, seafood, you know, the, the fruit that you're seeing when you're underwater is being presented to you tonight in this like boil spread kind of situation. <laughs> and I'm diving in, the pun kind of intended. <laughs> because that looks delicious. That looks Sorry, amazing. I missed that joke. Look at the size of these shrimp, you know. And my dad and my mom do this visual exchange thing uh-huh. where like they're making eye contact because me and my dad know my mom's not going to eat any of this. Cuz it's being touched by other people or like that and an over exaggeration of the American notion that you can't drink the water. Uh-huh. You can't eat the food, you can't do anything. Uh-huh. Uh, my uh-huh. my dad Looks at my mom. My mom gives him, you know, a shake. Like, no, no, no. And my dad looks at me. I kind of spread my arms like, we're here. This is the experience. And my dad dove right in with me. That's, I guess, where I adopted. We got to try different things. We have to. We have to try different experiences. And from food all over the world. It was, you know, I guess where some of the flavors have come from that I I have no problem introducing here. I've not been to Cozumel. When are you going to take me to Cozumel? Will you scuba dive when we get there? No. But I will sit on the beach and drink some beautiful drinks and enjoy the sunsets and the the beautiful nature and It's a a deal. I will Uh, I will tell you that how could it be hard for anyone to understand or believe that you came from a father who was a dynamic personality and a central figure in a large social network. And I have a feeling that stories about my mother are going to begin creeping into the show. <laughs> I can just imagine a stinger. Da, da, da. Sharon TV. Joke. <laughs> Joke. TV. <laughs> The the week after your dad passed was a very challenging week, course, and it was yeah. it's been very very nice to have the offer of food. Yeah, uh, some friends of ours were like, "Hey, we know y'all love Bellino. 
mm -hmm. would like to bring y'all and mm -hmm. your family some food. Mm -hmm. Yeah, reached out and just said, hey, you have... A lot, a lot on your mind. <laughs> let us help you. And made it super easy, but and ordered us some delicious Bellino setup. I mean, it was These are perfect. friends that must know us really, really well because well, that couldn't have been a more perfect meal. I know, exactly. And she asked and I, you know, I'm like, here are 800 rolls, you know. <laughs> and a friend of mine that would ask me and take the time, yeah. you know, and did it just right. Yeah. Like, perfect. So, meatballs, mm. beef meatballs over spaghetti. Yeah. Which was perfect because I could eat the meatball and but not like eat the spaghetti. But like the party platter, Aislinn. Oh, yeah. The size of this The whole this family thing. That, fed, that fed us three meals, three four meals. Three meals and two kids sneaking midnight snacks, I'm sure. Yeah. It was amazing. And then some delicious olives mm. and cheese and mm. a salad with goat cheese. Prosciutto. All perfect. Mm. So, so basically extra vegetables, meat that I could eat that also had some pasta with it. Oh, boy. They did such a great job. I was so thankful for it. It was so good. Yeah. I've got a new favorite part of the show. Backyard TV. Tonight's top story is this one's a sad one. It is. This is terrible backyard TV. Who wants to watch this kind of television? City girl. I know, right? <laughs> I What's the top story? What's the top story? I cried over a chicken. That's the top story. <laughs> what happened? Well, you're going to get all the blame. You know that, right? I, I'm prepared. <laughs> so I go outside to let the chickens out. I get up with the chickens. I go to bed with the chickens. Yes, you do. I get up with the chickens. We're not on the same sleep schedule right now. No. And I am perfectly happy with that, by the way, because I like getting up with the chickens and going to bed with the chickens. I like it. I need to make another bechamel sauce, but go ahead. <laughs> yes, you do. Clearly. It's true. So we're beginning to let the new chickens go outside during the day. They go into like a playpen type of situation. Mm -hmm. So I get up in the morning and I roll the baby chickens outside because they can't be left outside at night because that's when they're, you know, at danger, which you'll learn more about in just a second. Then I open up the the old biddies, let's call them that, the hens. The chicken I, coop. I open the door to let them out, and they did not come out. Okay, y'all, noticeable. They did not come out. No one. When moved. you open the door, the chickens come out. They're, they're somebody eager to come rushes out. out. Yeah. Somebody's been crowing. Uh -huh. Somebody rushes out. There's this metal food bin that you use to feed them with. Right. They know it. It's like they know the sound. If they hear that, they come running. Right. Nothing. And then all of a sudden, my heart drops into my stomach, and I know in my heart that the chickens are all dead. And I look over, and I see to the left of me, in the new garden area, which is the new chicken run right now, a fluff of feathers. And I know, I just know. So I run in the house. I'm literally screaming. <laughs> and I'm literally sleeping. Yeah, I start screaming. The chickens are dead. <laughs> the chickens are all that dead. That wakes you up. Yeah, I threw on my Crocs, went outside, and there's a and dead chicken. And you start looking around. So there's a dead chicken. And, but then, then, and I, then immediately you start explaining. Like, no, I'm like, no, I, I dropped I the door. the door. I dropped the door. See, we're about to put the new chickens outside permanently. Yeah. And in order to do that, you have to separate the flocks. Yes. You can't put them in together. So we're coming up with solutions. I that. have a tunneling system. And you can you can see all of this, Aislinn, on your Sunday morning videos. Yeah. 
I have a business Facebook page. It's just Aislinn Campbell. And yeah, so you, I do we'll live sh- on Sundays. Yeah, you can see all of this stuff. Yeah. But we were manipulating tunnels and doing some 3D planning and architecture about how we're going to get the new baby chickens out to grab yeah, all that. And I had put some tunnels in the way. You say that the chicken that died, Harvey. Yes. Which is the first one we named. It's a whole Listen, thing. Listen, if we're going to get serious and start talking about my chicken, my hen, Harvey was the queen of the pack. The you queen you of, think so? Harvey was the queen of the flock. Okay. She wasn't always, but she was at here at this last, the last five, these five. I think we've told y'all in a past episode about how we have this weird thing where we get chickens in the middle of a crisis. We did. Our first flock of chickens we got during the middle of Hurricane Harvey. Days before Harvey hit the land. We're like boarded in with new baby chicks. And Harvey... Almost didn't make it. She almost didn't make it. This She was an Easter egger, which is the ones that lay the blue and the green eggs. And she almost died. But we managed to keep her alive. And because of that, I named her Harvey. But she was also a loner. She was. And she, I think that's the reason why she got to be the queen bee. She was focused on feeding herself. She worked and ate and picked and scratched. But she was, but these are flock birds. And I've learned these chickens are flock birds. One of them starts running one direction. The rest of them follow because of herd mentality. The predator could be coming, whatever it is. But Harvey would always go off by herself. Uh Uh-huh. Not only was she a loner, she also would always go out late. She would make a late run because chickens get their most calories for egg laying right before bed. So they go out and get as many bits of protein and that's when you want to give them their scratch and stuff like that, right? Well, she would go out and eat. She would go and she would take one last run. You're right. She was taking one last run. She was always last in to get her place in the roost. And I think she made one last run. And then the tunnel thing that you've been telling the story about was there, was in the way. This is the thing you need to understand about bird chickens, everyone. Chickens can't see at night. So she couldn't see. And so she just went and sat she down. She got confused because that tunnel was in the way. She just went and sat down. She got eaten. Yeah, they don't eat the whole thing either. I didn't think, I think, I I, I'm pretty somebody sure it's a possum. Somebody asked me and I was like, I don't know. I, don't, I didn't look. The, I, oh, I, I got to take care of no. it. I'm very sad about it. Yeah, you you began bawling and crying. I cried about chickens. It had already been a hard week, and now here's just another weirdo, completely senseless loss. I dropped the door. I didn't do a count. I don't always do a count because the chickens are, they do their thing. I don't have to count them anymore. But had I done a count, I would have noticed that she was not in there, and she wasn't, and it's a senseless loss. It's been a rough week, (laughs) y'all. Like, seriously. What else happened in Backyard TV? So just because it's been a rough week doesn't mean there's been a billion things that were good little blessings. Can I tell you along. exactly what happened? I got the news about my father at Saturday at 9.30 in the morning. Yes. And then I knew I had to call my mother. Yeah. Because she's stuck in a thing and I can't go visit her because of La Rona. <laughs> Hashtag. After I talked to my mom, I said, to, I think you said, would you like something to drink? I said, yes, because I'm going to sit in this backyard garden all day long. And we, I turned on music. We meditated in the garden all I, day yeah, long. Yeah, and I uh, dry heaved a little and <laughs> other things. And we had some great backyard TV. Yeah, so we got to see multiple painted buntings. But the first one we saw was a blue one, indigo painted bunting. And then I told you that I thought, 
that's your dad coming to visit you. Yeah, that was like an hour after I got the It news. was. Yeah, it was and we saw the most beautiful birds. And of course, the hummingbirds have been in the backyard. Tonight, we were sitting in the backyard talking, and I pointed right in front of you. And there was a hummingbird about four feet away. It was perfect. And, and it was. And then it came over here to my left and was about three feet away from me. Uh-huh. I was just looking it was at a it, male noticing one too. all the uh, green, different Red. colors and uh huh. Up close. A male yeah. one, a real pretty male one. Get yeah. yourself some backyard TV, man. Faux show. Get yourself some backyard TV. You're going to listen to us weekly, and we're going to convince you to get those chickens, even with the sad stories. I promise you the good stories outweigh them by a billion to one. If anything, just put a bird bath back there. Yeah, totally. And now it's time for table topics. Bing. Uh, without your porno music that I wasn't <laughs> why is expecting. That? Why is that? I know, but why is it? Who said? Who made that rule? Okay, here's the question. It's been drawn randomly. Would you notify police if your child committed a crime? Oof. Well, first of all, there's many crimes that I don't should, I don't think should be crimes. Yeah. So. We like to make our own rules. Well, I have a very interesting relationship with rules that don't make sense. <laughs> yeah, we've heard. <laughs> there are, it, it depends on the crime. It depends on the crime. I'm that kind of uh, subject in this uh, psychological game. It will depend on the crime. No. No what? No. The answer is no. No. Murder? No. Sorry. Mama's got their back, man. I, it just is what it is. I'm sorry. They assault I'm you? They assault you? They assault me? Yeah. You know what? No, never mind. I don't want to make this a game about me listing crimes <laughs> to see <laughs> if there is a threshold. Right. But there's got to be. I don't think so. It depends on the crime. Mostly it doesn't. <laughs> I, if they get busted doing something, I, uh, it's, you know, hey, man, unconditional love over here. But... If I'm the one that catches him and I'm the one that's got to turn him in, nah, that's never going to happen. <laughs> I'm never going to turn him in. That's that's the one thing that would get me in trouble. They're the one thing that would get me in trouble. Does Texas have those laws where you are, you get in trouble Married. if you don't report a crime that you know about? Probably. So now you're breaking the law. You're, I know that already. You're aiding and abetting. I, I know. But your kids will get you there. Yeah. Well, do you want to play the game with me where you just like list crimes and I tell you which ones uh, no. I might turn my kids in for? No, I don't want to list crimes. That makes me think of crimes and I don't really want to think of that. This is an easy game to play because my kids would never do anything like that. Our kids are never going to break the law. The answer is no. I wouldn't report my kids to the police. Would I tell them to stop acting like idiots? Yes. Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. Well, that's probably true. Can we just be done with Yeah, that makes sense. Hey, thank you so much for joining us at the dinner table tonight. Of course, there's always many ways you can reach out and get in touch with us. Facebook, Instagram, dinnertabletalks.com. Send us a message or give us a review. Make sure that you're listening and sharing with your friends. All those things make more people have access to the dinner table with Aislinn and Joe. We look forward to seeing you next week.